0: Welcome to our audio cast of the Frontline program, Growing Up Trans, which aired on June 30th and is available for online viewing anytime at frontline.org. The film by Miri Navasky and Karen O'Connor has been adapted for audio by radio producers John Bewin and Lou Olkowski, and narrated by producer director Miri Navasky. Let us know what you think of this podcast on Facebook and Twitter, by using the hashtag growinguptrans or email us at frontline at Leah Hagerty is nine. She likes to body surf on a boogie board.
1: I am transgender. I was born male and identify as female. But I like to say that I'm a girl sick in a boy's body. <laughs> I transitioned when I was six or seven to more of a girl, and now I'm almost completely female. And in second grade was the last year of Liam, and this year I changed my name officially. So, I've changed my name, my clothes, my room, and my pronouns. And that's really all you need, except for the fifth one that I still need, surgery and medicine, to help me look like a girl.
0: Just a generation ago, it was adults, not children, who changed genders, usually late in life and often in the shadows. But today, as transgender adults gain wider acceptance, many children are transitioning, too, with new medical options and at younger and younger ages. This is a new generation, growing up trans. In home movies, there's Naïma, a toddler chasing bubbles in a skirt and a pink shirt.
2: Naïma, do you like the bubbles?
0: With her dad at two.
3: Let's count to ten. Ready?
0: mastering a two-wheeler.
2: November 7th, 2009, she's four. Ready, go!
0: Now at nine, a boy in shorts and a blue t-shirt rides his bike through the neighborhood with his younger brother.
4: My given name was Naima and now my name is Daniel. I've been a boy for three years, and um, I've been I was a girl for six. Come on, grab to me, or grab onto John. Kevin, come on, arm. I don't like to be called a she anymore, and I just I really like it that they think of me as a, a, a as a boy. I think it's um hard to get used to it because I was a girl for so long and
2: I haven't been a boy for a, a very long time. As soon as Daniel could start to express preferences in clothing, he was gravitating toward the boy section, um, hand-me-downs from cousins, wanting to wear just boy t-shirts and boy shorts.
0: Daniel's parents, Sarah and Micah Human from the very beginning, it seemed like to me, just didn't
3: look as comfortable in a dress. Initially, a tomboy came to mind, right? That's our standard go-to for our society is tomboy.
2: And then the comments would start to come, I don't feel comfortable, I don't feel right, I just wish I were a boy. And I would say, I understand that you wish you were a boy, but we can't do anything about that. You were born this way. And then starting second grade the tone of our conversation just took on a more serious depth and naima felt like i have to i have to tell you that i'm so i'm very unhappy i don't like being in this body i wish i had a penis and just sort of laid it all out there and so at that point just sort of snowballed into a conversation about well you can live as a boy. I don't know what that means. I don't know where to go really from here. But you can live as a boy, and you can change your name. And Daniel, or Naima at the time, immediately jumped on that idea.
3: What? The lava keeps rising. The lava keeps rising. Okay, you gotta step off the lava.
2: I did feel pressured from society, from our family members. What if? What if Daniel changes his mind? But. We knew that we just had to listen to what we heard from from our child, and it didn't, nothing else mattered.
0: Although Daniel transitioned two years ago, recently he started to worry that his body is beginning to change.
4: I've been feeling a little weird, and it's been feeling weird, so. I stay up a lot of nights talking with my parents about it, and I don't get a lot of sleep. Yeah, and, yeah. I just don't like feeling different. Starts uh, making my tummy hurt a little, so. Sometimes um, it makes me cry when I'm very, 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 very tired.
3: To, To develop breasts would be horrifying for him.
2: He doesn't want to be the kid that has to be different. And he has talked about suicide or killing himself before, which is why we immediately sought the help of professionals. I think he finds a great deal of reassurance knowing that there are things, there are steps we can take where he can look like more like a boy and pass to be more like a boy. Asher, quick, make
3: it to the top. Quick.
2: It's now possible for kids like Daniel to
0: never have to go through the puberty of their biological sex. But timing is crucial. So Daniel's parents are taking him to a clinic in Chicago. The Gender Program at Lurie Children's Hospital is one of a growing number of clinics around the country providing treatment to gender-nonconforming and transgender kids.
5: How are you? Did you grow Good. since last time I saw you? Um, yeah. And you just had a birthday, right, on <laughs> the yeah. 20th? Happy belated.
6: Shoes off if you don't
0: mind, okay? Dr. Courtney Finlayson is a pediatric endocrinologist at the Gender Clinic.
6: So these kids really are a, a new generation who's being who are being cared for completely differently than children were in the past. And that is, it's exciting for them to have opportunities that somebody wouldn't have had even, even 10 years ago. Um, but it's also very challenging for the medical community to find the right way to do this.
5: Stuff down here I' tell you.:
6: One of the biggest developments in the treatment of
0: transgender kids came in 2007 with the introduction of hormone blockers,
6: drugs that suspend
0: puberty and slow all physical development.
6: The pubertal blockers um, are the medicines that pause puberty. So the idea is that we can just put the pause button on puberty and let children have a little more time to grow and develop and, and be more confident of their gender identity.
0: But the treatment of transgender kids can be controversial. It's a field of medicine with very little research. And the few studies that do exist suggest that for most kids, the distress about gender will shift with time. Dr. Lisa Simons is also a pediatrician at Lurie Children's Hospital.
7: The majority of children with gender dysphoria um, will not grow up to be transgender adolescents or adults. But I think the challenge is that we're not able to definitively predict for whom gender dysphoria will continue
6: and for those that it may not continue. Our goal is to try to figure out which children are going to continue to identify as different than their natal sex. And we don't have any definitive test to do that right now, and that's, that's very challenging. I wish there was a test to say, oh yeah, of course you're 5 and you think this now and you will when you're 15 and you will when you're 30. I mean, we don't have it though. So, it's a real challenge. Hello. Hello.
8: Hello. Look who's here? How are you, Daniel? But there is
0: growing consensus that the more intense gender dysphoria is in childhood, the more likely it is to persist. And that puberty itself can also be a telling predictor.
9: How's
7: everything going? Dr.
0: Simons talks with Daniel and his mother Sarah.
7: And I just wanted to see if you were noticing any changes in your body recently that had you maybe feeling worried or sad?
4: Well, this um, one over here, it like, it started getting real tender.
2: I think uh, Daniel had been really concerned about how quickly this was gonna happen and just really feeling strongly about not developing breasts. Mm -hmm. And um, my husband and I want to do anything we need to to keep his emotional uh, well-being in mind and mm-hmm. how he feels about himself. Okay.
7: Early intervention does make a huge difference. Once physical changes, some physical changes of puberty have occurred, um, you know, voice deepening in boy-bodied people, for instance, they are irreversible. So really starting puberty-blocking medications as early as possible is really important for some people who are really experiencing distress.
6: So there is a, a very, very faint amount of, um, of breast tissue under the, um, under the right breast. I mean, it's, it's just a little tiny bit.
0: Dr. Finlayson talks more with Daniel and his mom after she examines him.
6: We typically want to see that a that a child has had, has had a little bit of pubertal development, but that's the point at which we can start sort of talking about blocking puberty. Mm-hmm. The medications that we use for puberty blockers um, all work. And for the most part have, um, have few side effects. This is a sample of what the implant is. Mm, that small. Yeah. The medications are very expensive, and so they can be fifteen to $25,000 a year for some of these things, which is cost prohibitive for most people. So we have been, we have worked on an option that, um, that we have, we can offer here now actually, which is called Vantus, and its FDA approval is for um, men with prostate cancer. But this has been used successfully by pediatric endocrinologists taking care of kids like Daniel. Um, and it seems to work just as well, and it is a lot less expensive. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Vantas is not—it's not approved for children, but none of these medications are actually approved for use in in this mm-hmm. situation and often, for any of these meds. Oh, for any of them. Okay. okay. We we have a lot of experience in pediatric endocrinology using pubertal blockers, and from all the evidence we have, they are generally a very safe medication, but. The concerns with this population are just different because we're using them at a little different age and for a different purpose. So whether it is having any negative effect on their adult bone density or their neurologic development, I think is, we, we don't know. I much prefer to take care of conditions that have been well-researched um, and well-studied for 50 years and that is not the case here. Um, we We just really need good, research that we don't have yet.
7: They're, they're not easy decisions to make, and they shouldn't be made quickly. And I think the take-home message today
6: is that nothing is going to happen quickly, OK? Nothing. This generation of kids are really, they're, they're the pioneers. They're going to be the ones to teach us.
10: My name is Arielle, I am 13 years old and I identify as a girl. I haven't really experienced puberty at all, I mean the hormone blockers are like my lifesaver. But me turning into a man is just probably the most horrifying thing ever I could ever think of in the farthest reaches of my mind is me not going on the hormone blockers anymore and me developing into a man. That would just be horrible.
0: Arielle is learning the cello. Her bed is covered with stuffed animals and she has a collection of snow globes on her dresser. In one of the snow globes is the Disney character Arielle, the Little Mermaid and her prince.
10: The hormone blockers, they give me a space where I can really feel completely just sure of myself and I can just have that little breathing space before I enter puberty. And you're just in this nice little world where you're still like a child and it's just great before you develop.
0: Almost like The Little Mermaid, Arielle has long and flowing hair.
10: It's harder, teasing and bullying-wise, when you're a girly boy, when you're in that in-between stage, than when you fully transitioned. It's much harder to be gender non-conforming than to be transgender, because when you're gender non-conforming, that is when really a lot of difficulties set in.
0: Arielle did not transition until she was 11 when she started Blockers, but there was a long period of time when she was living in secret as a girl. That
11: was a difficult time. Very Just difficult. Yeah. Very confusing.
0: Mm-hmm. Arielle's mom,
11: Carrie. Yeah, if we that's... went into a restaurant and she was wearing something that was more feminine and she saw somebody from school, she would run into the bathroom and wouldn't want to come out.
10: It was kind of like a double life. I think a lot of people are completely just comfortable and fluid, but for me, I, I was really scared. My name before was Ian. And then I guess when I was around nine years old, um, I, I started um, deliberating like maybe I should change my name because to really show the world that I wanted to fully transition.
11: So she asked us to call her a different Disney princess name every day. So every day, (laughs) every day we had a different name and there was an order to it. Cinderella, Belle, Ariel, Snow White, and they were in order, all the Disney princesses. And on that day, I would have to call her that.
10: And I remember... My grandmother, she wrote, she cared so much about me that she wrote on her calendar every day, like what princess I was supposed to be.
11: So she, she would make sure she called you the right name.
10: <laughs> it just made me think like she cares about me so much that she writes on her calendar. What who I am each day. Yeah which was really amazing (laughs) and made me so happy.
0: (laughs) Family videos show Ariel in tiaras, dresses, and pink hats from a very young age. As her girl world intensified, Ariel's double life began to take a toll.
4: I believe someday I'm going to live in the castle and Sunday, that all the Disney princesses are going to visit me every single day. Ooh. I'm gonna play mermaids in the water. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have five courtyards, one main courtyard and one main garden. Wow, the
5: awesome.
4: garden's gonna be so pretty.
10: I feel like at that point in my life, I wanted to prove to everyone that I wasn't like any part of a boy in any way,
11: shape, or form. Jeez, this is from Cinderella Three, right?
10: It was just like horrible and just confusing for me, and I tried to just—I was trying to ground myself with all the dresses and the princesses, just trying to say to myself, you know, I am a girl and prove to everyone else that I am a girl.
11: Which Disney princess do you think is the most beautiful?
10: Mm. Ariel. It was like, I was putting on costumes, but now I'm putting on outfits and clothes, Mm -hmm. and it's not a snow white dress or a princess dress anymore. It's like, it's actual girl clothes. Now I'm actually me.
0: Next, meet Alex Singh
12: For me, the age that everything started to happen was around fifth grade I started really going through puberty That was, that is horrible, I hate it (laughs) Um, I mean, for any transgender, male or female, it's probably the worst time in their life because they're actually becoming what they don't want to become. I was wearing three sports bras. I was very self conscious of my chest because guys obviously do not have a chest. They are flat completely and so before that I was able to pass. I was able to kind of be a guy But then once that started happening, I was like, oh, that is not gonna help my appearance much. (laughs) Yikes. In my mind, I saw this really strong, flat-chested guy that had an Adam's apple and a beard. When I looked in the mirror, I saw this small girl who was not supposed to look like that. I felt like I just needed to look the way I looked in my head, to be who I was and feel comfortable with who I am.
0: This year, at the age of 13, Alex began to transition and formally changed his name in school, where everyone had known him as Karen.
12: Middle school can be kind of a scary time for lots of people. Even after I started really transitioning, I would have I would want to stay home, because I know that everyone there knew me as a real girl. I can feel them kind of like wondering why I couldn't just be a tomboy, why I couldn't just dress like a guy and I didn't have to become a guy. So instead of calling me like he's, and by the male pronouns, they'll call me it, because I'm kind of in the middle. I mean, I can deal with that. Um, I don't really like it, but I have a minimum amount of friends. I want to keep the friends that I have, so I kind of just
13: let it go. Alex often spends
0: time alone in his room, dancing, sometimes for hours. I
12: definitely get depressed sometimes. I will listen and dance for hours. Whenever I'm feeling upset or something, it's kind of a way to soothe me down and like get me happy again. I have my imaginary world, and that's one of my coping strategies. Like when I'm feeling down or depressed, I'll kind of like go into my imaginary world. And in my imaginary world, I am a guy. I have a flat chest, I'm strong. There are definitely girls and guys in this world, and they just help so much. And to me, they're real. And like if I'm feeling so down that I just can't talk, they'll sing or listen to music and dance with me. And that definitely helps. It's kind of like a telepathic thing. I can hear them in my head, and then I'll speak to them either through my head or sometimes I'll look really weird walking down the street and I'll be like, hey, when I get home, uh, do you wanna like dance and sing with me? And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, sure. And so I'll like, I'll have something to look forward to when I get home. I think at times my mom can get a bit worried. I think she's sometimes worried that I don't know reality from the imagination. Um, I definitely know the boundary line, but like I've brought them over so much that I think the line has definitely like thinned and kinda of become blurry.
14: Alex does have an imaginary world that he has talked to me about, that he has talked to his therapists about, and they do feel that Alex has his feet firmly planted in the ground in reality, but that it has been a mechanism to deal with um, his problems.
0: Alex's mother, Lori Singh.
14: It's very hard for him to have female hormones in his body. Um, raging through his body, he wants those shut down.
0: Alex's parents are considering puberty blockers to stop his menstruation. But Lori and her husband, Rashpal, have serious concerns about the medications.
14: I think the real struggle is in the risks of the drugs. We know that the drugs have not been used for that long on children and that there isn't really adequate data and then there are potential side effects and um, possible long-term effects that are not known.
8: And so we have been kind of wrestling with this decision, talking to a lot of doctors, reading a lot of information. And and not making a decision has implications also because, you know, doing nothing is not really an option here. I mean, I would like to choose that option. And, but I don't know how a transgender person feels. And based on our conversation with Alex, doing nothing is not really an option.
0: But the decision to take blockers can also lead to another complication. Two years ago, when Arielle first transitioned, she and her mom, Carrie, decided to make a fresh start. They moved to a new town and enrolled in a new school nobody had known her as Ian.
11: When she first went into school, she went into school with the teachers, the faculty knowing that she was transgender, but her classmates or any of the students in the school did not know. And I wanted that for her, not because we were even embarrassed or we wanted to hide it, but I wanted everybody to just know Arielle as Arielle. I would rather you meet her as her, and then if you find that out about her, it's just something about her. It's not who she is. It's just another part of her.
10: No, but we do look like demigods. Yeah, we, we could can totally pass for that. Although
0: puberty blockers had allowed Arielle to pass, three months into the new school year, while changing in the girls' locker room, she was outed. No,
15: it's it's At first, I sort of felt bad for her because it must have been so hard, obviously.
0: Emma and Gabe are two of Arielle's close friends from school.
15: And it was just sort of like tension between us. Like, I didn't know how far I should go, you know, like if I should bring it up or if I should just treat her normally or just like nothing happened. Yeah, that's that's probably the reason that I felt uncomfortable because not even, not uncomfortable, that's the reason I was like surprised and like... It was just a new idea to me too. I didn't even know what transgender was before that, and so because she was like she's such a girl, that it really it was so shocking. <laughs>
10: <laughs> it's, it's my duck face. Ow. Okay. Well,
15: it would have been different if I had met Ariel as a boy first, but we still would be where we are now. I think.
10: I, mean, uh, I I like I know we're really close but I really like I've had experience I had an experience at my old school and I really don't think it would be like as close as we are now like it would never be like this if I came in as a boy like and it would have changed our relationship I definitely yeah, know that you're
15: right it would have actually yeah. it would we'd still be Although friends I- but it wouldn't I guess it wouldn't really be where we are now
10: There is still some of that awkwardness, no matter how comfortable, you know, say like um, all the girls in the class are having this giant slumber party and they're all just like throwing off their shirts and like just dancing around and like just changing and stuff. You know, it's kind of hard and I'm always sort of changing in the corner still, even though how comfortable I could be. So I feel kind of left out.
0: Arielle and her friends often swim at a community pool.
15: It's almost like there's a fine line between trying to include her and trying not to include her so much that it made her feel excluded from yeah. from everything. I keep accidentally making her feel bad and it it's just it must be so hard for her. I can't even imagine it.
0: They swim underwater almost like mermaids.
10: I remember a couple years back, like everyone was talking about like having babies, and um, and it it really makes me upset. And I mean, I don't want to tell them <coughs> to stop talking about it, but you know, it's like it, it kind of hurts my feelings, when they're always talking about that. It's like. It's I it's so hard to explain. It's like, but I'm like a girl, so it's. But it's like, could I could I like have the pain of labor? Can I have to deal with that? And it's it's kind of hard <laughs> to have that happen. Like those conversations. <laughs> but and I feel like a lot of people. It's hard for them to understand. But I don't want to like burden them with that. <laughs> I kind of just just um, either walk away or I just kind of deal with it. I try to sometimes get into the conversation, but, you know, it's hard.
0: Her friend Selvi puts her arm around Arielle to comfort her. And then she asks a question.
15: Do you ever feel like you're like, you can get so close to being a girl, you, but you just can't get to that exact point, is that what upsets
10: you? Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Like, the thing with having a baby, it's like I can never be fully there. That's just like a natural thing that happens. I buy a bra, but it's not to hold in my boobs. It's for like an illusion. It felt sort of like an act. So I kind of feel lost sometimes.
0: and his friends Morgan and Ben practice skateboarding on ramps they've set up along their suburban street.
12: For me it's I always like see these really cool guys and I'm always like I want to be like them. And Morgan was and Morgan and Ben were those like cool guys that I wanted to be like once I really realized that they were perfectly fine with me being transgender it was like a whole new world for me
3: I kind of think that it really shocked people, like knowing that we're hanging out with this. Like, because I know that people were thinking that, like, Alex is weird and stuff, like, think that he's, like, really different from everyone else. But in all reality, he's just, he's all, he's the same as us.
12: Wait, are we moving the quarter pipes together? Yeah.
3: I sometimes
15: mistake Alex, like, if I'm talking to Morgan, I'll be like, she, but then I might, like, correct myself and be like, he did this. But I think I've gotten a lot better about that, definitely. Um. <laughs> I never, I didn't know she changed her name to Alex like since this year. Like before I knew her, yeah. I always thought her name was Karen. I said hi, Karen, in the hallways and stuff. I can't even imagine like what the change is between that stuff, like from being a girl to a guy. I don't even know what being a girl is like, so.
3: Remember to, pl- to apply enough pressure to the tail as you pop. You got it. Just in general, I've been showing them the ropes of being a guy and saying, like, you got to start working out more, you got to build up that upper upper, body, muscle, so. Try and talk in a deeper voice, even if it's not normal, get used to it,
15: um, burp, if you have to burp, just let it fly, (laughs) don't try and hold it in, girls
3: do that all the time. In terms of girls and dating, i just say, like, try not to really show any emotion towards it. Just I like, treat her like you don't even like her just treat her like that so I mean like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to make that sound bad or anything by I me mean, I'm just saying
12: <laughs> uh, well the, the the like tactics and all the information that they're giving me I definitely use it like sometimes I know that I'll like slip up a bit but their tips are amazing and I'll go with them <laughs>
3: Just, you have to keep your foot straight with the board. You have to... I'd still say that he's still in the process of, like, really learning how to be a guy. But i say he's coming close to finishing that for sure, so...
0: Tatrambone is 13.
16: I've been struggling with depression for about four years. It's more anxiety and sadness, the kind of depression I have. I have medicines to, like, boost my um, my happiness, but those don't always work. I had thoughts of hurting myself, cutting myself, killing myself even. I got very close, very close, twice. I was just thinking I can't do it anymore. I can't live like this. I can't live in this body. It's not gonna work. My mom's just been super supportive. She's been great the entire time. I was terrified of telling my dad, because when I was younger, he was always like, no, you have to wear a dress, you're a girl, you can't, not allowed. nope, can't do it. So that probably made me terrified. finally told him, which was not that long ago. My dad was really worried about the effects of the medicines and what if I, you know, later in life, decided that this wasn't the path that I wanted to go down.
17: I had some concerns and there were some things about me that are about it that kind of bothered me a little bit.
0: Kyle's father, Noel.
17: We have these educated doctors offering kids who are at a young age some options that I'm not really sure should have been available to them. I was really kind of surprised and put off by it, quite honestly.
16: because I was only 13 and he didn't want me to make a life decision like that at this age. It was still hard, it was, I couldn't really see why. It was horrible, I felt like my parent, my dad, he didn't love me, I felt like he didn't want me to be this way.
17: I didn't want her to <clears throat> think that she could make some changes to her outward appearance and then suddenly everything would be fine and, you know, she would just move on from there and life would be great. I think there are a lot of other implications to this than just, you know, the few that you're focusing in on right now.
0: But Kyle is still hoping to start testosterone. And although his father remains concerned, he's agreed to go to Lurie's gender clinic for the first time To learn more about hormone
6: treatments,
0: cross sex hormones, estrogen and testosterone, used to be given only to adults, but treatment guidelines established in 2009 now include children, though they do not recommend starting before the age of 16. Robert Garifalo is head of adolescent medicine at Lurie Children's Hospital.
18: The age limits, which used to say 18, now are 16. Now you're seeing people starting cross-sex hormones at 15 or 14. And with the changes in the age of onset, come some challenges to care that I think teams need to be very savvy about.
16: how are you? How are you? how are you? Hi. Good to see you again. Hey,
14: Dr. Chen, how are
18: you? I mean, I think you know the big decision that families have to make when they embark on cross-sex hormones is that now you're not hitting a pause button. Right? So when you move on to cross-sex hormones, you're now initiating medical therapy where some of the changes that are going to take place are permanent. And that's a whole other like ball of wax, I think, for some of these families, and that can be really hard.:
0: Dr. Garofalo meets with Kyle and his parents to discuss the options.
18: So when, when we think about medications, if we're going to go the route of medications, there's two, there's two kinds. Um, one are medications that sort of... sort of block progression through puberty. The other um, medicines that you could use would be right to going to sort of what we call cross-sex hormones, or in this case, it would be sort of testosterone.
17: There are plenty of drugs that get approved by the FDA, and everybody goes on their merry way and thinks things are great, and then two years later, people are dropping dead
18: from right, this, this one is thing really or important. another. So I'm actually going to pull up a stool so I can <laughs> yeah. sit and face you. Okay. So, testosterone as a medication has been around, obviously, for a, a long time. The way we would consider using it here, sort of for a you across-sex know, sort of way, there aren't, like, a tremendous amount of studies that have been done to document, like, all the potential side effects and, and the risks and benefits. But I think, in general, it's fairly well tolerated. Some of the changes, again, are permanent and some sort of aren't. And I think those are the things that kind of freak people out. But. If you think of things like, you know, hair loss in the temples. You know, facial hair growth, deepening of the voice, all things that go along with sort of a male. Sort of hormone. You're going to have increased muscle development. So some of it's going to be things that he'll, you know, want. But some of them, the things that you want to look out for are things like acne mood changes, and then all the risk factors that go along with a typical um, male predisposition. So things like heart disease, stroke, you know, those kind of things, males are more likely to have heart disease than females. We're asking families to take some leaps of faith based upon the child that they have in front of them and really what we don't know with regard to some of the long-term consequences of these medications. I mean, if you look at our consent forms, they're fraught with like vague language and like may, could. We know very little about things that are really important to families, like fertility, like cancer potential or oncologic potential of these agents, cardiac risk. I mean, things that are like families wanna know when they're making decisions about their children. I and mean, there definitely is the potential for the testosterone or the cross-sex hormones to prevent sort of normal, normal, what do we call normal, fertility to sort of occur. Have you ever thought about having kids yourself? We're sort of asking you to be really grown up really quickly, you know, when you make these decisions, and that's what's tough, but I want you to really think through some of the stuff we're talking about here, like, does that make sense?
16: I would like to have kids maybe someday.
18: You know, if you're saying, you know, I might want to have my, my own kid one day, then I think it's probably a good thing for you and your parents to sort of at least get some information and find out whether sort of preserving your fertility might be something that you're interested in.
0: Again, Kyle's father, Noel.
17: Up till now, it's been things that were reversible. You know, change your name, we can refer to you as he and him, and sure, fine. But at thirteen, I I don't think she'll change her mind. But it, you have to think a little bit more about that. I mean, those are and those are things that your parents should be there for to help you be as certain as you can about a decision that you know later in life could have a huge impact. So there's a lot to think about.
18: Do you feel better? I don't envy these parents. I mean, I think they're making decisions in a very difficult environment. I mean, I know that we do inform consent, but really, I mean, how realistic is it to believe that a 14 or 15-year-old or a 16-year-old has really the capacity to make that kind of decision for him or herself, mm-hmm. but at the same time to deny them? That's tough. I mean, these are, these are, this, is a, it's, this is tough stuff.
0: Transgender kids can now learn all about these new possibilities online.
18: Hi.
0: Okay.
19: Um, but so I guess around 11, uh, I injected testosterone into my body. And so today is my first day, like, being born, I guess. Um, <laughs> I watch lots of YouTube videos
12: of, like, Skylar11 and stuff, so
0: alex singh
19: having
12: him like kind of explain everything through his videos um have
19: helped me a lot so this is kind of like me pre-testosterone but some's like floating around through my bloodstream right now um and i feel really good i, I looked at all their
12: videos i realized that they were exactly like skylar 11 that they had the same thoughts and the same like views of things these are my muscles pretty
19: they're not that bad for biological female, I think. And these are my abs. So this is all like pre-testosterone.
12: Cross hormones, I can't wait for. It's gonna mean that I'm gonna start being able to gain muscle easier the way guys should be able to. My voice is gonna drop. I'm gonna get an Adam's apple. woohoo I can get a deep voice, I can get a beard, I can get a flat chest. Did someone look at my Christmas list?
3: <laughs> to inject testosterone, you have to use um, specific needles and a specific syringe depending on your dosage. I always pull out more than I need because I just push the rest of it back up into it. One, two, three. Just like that.
15: Ready? Today was my first T shot. I was actually about half an hour ago. Hey guys, uh, today is July... 16
13: 2010. Hello people. Hey guys. Hey guys. Hey guys. Today is my nine months on tea. Hey guys. So, um, today actually it was yesterday. It was my 11 months on tea. Hey guys. So this is my voice. 12 months on tea. I'm a lot hairier. As for my happy trail, which is the hairiest part of my body, it's like a happy super highway.
19: Today is my first day on tea. Um, it's like a new man. Basically was pretty
3: much born today. Today is my one year on testosterone. It is my official T birthday. I am now one years old and it feels freaking
20: awesome. It's the best thing in the world, you know?
12: Prostender hormones and top surgery are gonna be the two major things that I'm like looking forward to in my future of being able to transition all the way.
13: I myself, I got top surgery. I take testosterone and I got top surgery. About two and a half months ago, and this is what it looks like. Um, There's several different procedures. This is a double incision procedure. I can finally show off my wonderful abs, like they're really there, but they kind of are. Um, That's about
3: it.
16: Yeah. So uh, this is my chest. Online is a great place for trans (laughs) people. The internet is the best place you can go to if you're like scared about talking to anyone.
0: Kyle again, sitting with his friend, John Blanchard.
16: The internet, like Tumblr, oh my God, Tumblr. (laughs) And um, just YouTube too. YouTube is like one of the, that's how I found out I was trans. It's from a YouTube video that I found a long time ago.
0: Kyle met John in a support group for transgender teens. The online world has helped them learn to pass as guys even without testosterone.
21: When I officially came out as trans, um, yeah, it, it took my parents a long time. And my dad is my dad is still having his issues with it.
16: It seems super hard for dads, though. It seems a lot, because diff- it's like, oh, daddy's girl, that thing? Did that ever happen to you? I don't feel like that's what was up with my
21: dad. I don't think it was a daddy's girl kind of thing. I think it was, um, I think it's just hard for him to imagine like being able to be born one way and identify as another. I think he's just, guys aren't really allowed to play with their gender at all. Oh yeah. So I think that was more about what what it's hard for him to wrap his head around.
0: John is 16. He has brown skin, dark eyes, and close-cropped black hair.
21: My birth name uh, was Gianna. For as long as I can remember, I always felt male. I did come out to my parents as a lesbian sometime around seventh, maybe. You know, I thought, oh, well, I seem to wear boys' clothes all the time. Uh, I feel masculine, and I realized that I like girls. So I was like, okay, I must be a lesbian. That was tough. My dad, he just he just wouldn't have any part of it. I think he said something to me. He was like, he said, this is not a world that you're going to be a part of. Then when I got to my freshman year, I identified as trans. So I came out to them again as a trans
5: male.
0: John's parents, Lisa and Bert.
5: At that point, I was using pronouns she and her, and um, he said, mom, you know, when you say that, when you say she, it feels like I'm actually naked and I feel horrible and I just want to disappear. So I started to say G, um, and now he would like to be called John. So I just go between both names still. It's still getting used to the process of the name.
20: So it's still G to me. Uh, certainly not the Gianna from you know childhood, but it's um, it's still G, and I just I haven't switched over to the to the John. It's hard, a little harder for me. I, mean, I feel in a sense like something's been robbed, right? Like you know, so my daughter's gone. It seems. Um and is morphing into this other person, but I feel like this may be where it ends up. I don't know. I, I hope not. But I think there's another way. There's a whole spiritual side to this to me, so I, I pray a lot and you know, and, and the whole spiritual piece of this is, you know, I just don't believe that this is the right way to go. This is a personal place that I'm at I want she happy I, I, I want you know the best life for her I, you know want that life based in how do I put this it's just you know on the, on the, on the path that God has, has planned for her I don't know that this is it this route to me can be an in 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 eternal death she may not see that but there's a hope that if I can just stay there, you know, show the love, see what happens, and we have to take it day by day.
5: With the upbringing that we had, you know, we were taught that, you know, man and a woman, and a man and a man is bad, and, you know, they're damned, and that's how we grew up, that's what we grew up thinking. But in time, I realized with With regard to my child, this is the way he's felt on the inside for so long.
20: Merry Christmas, Gigi.
5: I mean, he could hardly speak when he was pulling on his tights saying, you know, this is not what I want and this is not who I am. I I don't understand how you could be born that way and, and have that happen and yet, you know, it's something that you could be damned for. It doesn't make sense to me
20: buddy, say hi.
21: Say hi. I always had a hard time making friends. I think part of it was that I was a very strange kid. I would just feel bad cuz every day I went to school, I just felt like everybody wanted me to go. Nobody wanted me there. Yeah, one time this this girl we were in the girls' locker room, so we have to change for gym. She just went off on me. She was like, man, you're, you're an ugly dyke, you, you know, you're a lesbian. It just kind of went from shaky to unstable to almost impossible is what it felt like. By the end, of, I was just trying to hang on. I started getting some anger issues in my sophomore year. When I was very stressed out, um, well, sometimes I would break and I would punch a hole in the wall or kick a hole in the wall or things like that. I, uh, I would just get so mad. John often works out with a punching bag
0: in his family's basement.
21: Eventually, I could keep it from all spilling out, but it would, instead, it would would spill in. I was just drifting off into this very violent, very violent experience into my head. Sometimes I would think about harming my family. The images would pop up in my head. It got, it got so bad. And that's when I really decided I feel like a threat to my family. I feel like a threat to myself. I I just can't control myself. So very late at night, I went down to my mom. I was just crying. And I said, hey, I want you to take me to a hospital. I want to get locked up.
5: That's what really motivated me, to know that he was in so much pain and that I could be causing it. Um, that was too much for me. I just have to support him and I kind of just have to figure out whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen, but today he needs me and that's what I'm gonna do, whatever he needs me to do.
20: You know, I guess I'm holding out on hope that, you know, could this reverse? There's a possibility. This is going to move fully forward, and this is you know where G's is going to go. That's a possibility too. Um, I just can't make that switch. Just in for me, myself. I don't talk about anybody else. It's because it's a personal issue. And, and where you're at, the choice for me is I just I I can't go there.
0: The 13-year-old, born Ian, is on the way to an appointment with her mother.
11: Do you want to go to the Barnes Noble down here? Yeah, yeah, down here. I was thinking- I'm
10: on the verge of cross-hormones right now. I'm excited just to become a woman, to have breasts, to have a beautiful figure, to just be a woman. And I think now, with the technology and the hormones, you can actually transform into who you actually envision yourself as. And that's what I think is really amazing.
0: She and her mom, Carrie, sit down with Ariel's therapist, Jean Malpas, the director of the Gender and Family Project at the Ackerman Institute.
10: We signed the legal papers on Friday. Uh, So it's all set with the cross hormones and um, I'm really excited.
9: It's really big news. I know. And uh, I'm also just aware of, I feel like you've been waiting. Yeah. For quite a long time.
10: Very long time.
9: (laughs) (laughs) And you know, I mean, it's interesting. Some people think how come someone your age knows so well and so clearly, mm-hmm. you know who you are and who you're going to be, and you know you've known who you are,
19: mm-hmm. you know
9: as a girl for so long already,
19: yeah.
9: uh, that you know from my perspective, sort of asking you to wait longer feels more harmful
11: yeah.
9: than you know than not.
11: The guidelines have always said that. Uh, cross hormones should start when an adolescent is 16 years old, and that's something that we've been working on with our therapist. Um, he really feels that Ariel is ready. He's asked. We've gone through, you know, many sessions of therapy. We've gone through questionnaires. We have to. Um, the endocrinologist has to talk to us. The pediatrician, and we're now we're at the point that Ariel is is gonna be able to get cross-hormones earlier than the the guidelines of 16.
9: So, um, taking this next step of taking cross-hormones means something in terms of your ability to have, um, you know, biological children. You know, some transgender adolescents decide to actually postpone, you know, even taking cross-hormones until they can store their genetic material
10: I wouldn't really want to produce sperm I really wouldn't like I don't want to have a child that way and it just wouldn't make me feel good like if I if I had like sperm I wouldn't be happy like yay now I can have like a baby or something I would just be like like horrified
9: you know it's interesting you said I wouldn't even want to produce sperm and have a child that way. And I wondered what you meant by that. Like, if you meant it would, like, remind you that you're having a child from your boy's body?
10: Yeah, yeah, that's partially. And it's also that I couldn't have a child, um, in a, like, in a girl's body. Got
9: it. But you want children.
10: Yeah, I want, well, of course I'm going to have children, but I'm just not going to have them that way. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm not gonna have a child. Mm-hmm. That would be the like
9: mm-hmm. worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. But that's a bit painful.
10: Yeah, it's very painful.
9: <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 And this... I think
10: about it constantly. Mm-hmm. Cry about it sometimes.
9: <laughs> of course. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Really sad. Yeah.
10: But my excitement to start the cross hormones completely overrules my, like, despair to just not have, like, a child, a child of my own. Like, that just completely overrides it. Okay.
9: Any other thoughts or questions about that? No.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. In a family video, Alex, then the little girl known as Karen, is in pigtails playing with building blocks.
8: That's a very nice house. Oh, oh, oh. You can build it again. When uh, Alex was young, like I would say three or four years old, one of the favorite activities, at least for me, used to be on Saturday morning where I would make pigtails uh, in the sunroom and we would like capture some information on video and just I was was trying to, uh, you know, have a chronology of you know different uh, parts, moments of Alex's life. You're the best. Oh, thank you, my baby. Every once in a while, I still call call him Karen. There's a, like a Karen phase in my mind, and then there's the Alex phase. So if I was to, let's say, look at a picture of four-year-old uh, Karen, it will be Karen. And then if I'm looking at a picture now, it will be Alex. So. And accidentally, sometimes, I call, I call him, uh, Karen. Alex. I'm going to
5: wash my hands.
0: Alex and his mom, Lori, come to the clinic every six weeks for an injection of Lupron, the puberty blocker. But today, they are also here to sign a consent form for testosterone. You want
5: to squeeze anything? Are you good? I'm going to do one, two, three, okay? Okay.
14: It is very, very hard um, to make the decision to allow your child to take a medication that has unknown side effects. But it becomes a lot easier when you come to the conclusion that the benefits outweigh the risks. And when you see your child suffer the way I have, and struggle the way we have seen Alex struggle, We don't have a choice. I don't feel as though we have a choice.
7: So some of the changes of testosterone are permanent, meaning these changes won't reverse, okay? Once your voice deepens, there's no going back. Um, So hair loss at the temples and crown. Um, Other thing is facial hair growth and body hair growth. So those are things where, again, if you decided to stop at one point in your life, that hair growth may slow down, but it may not stop, okay? So, once your estrogen goes down, there's actually um, changes in that area, usually thinning. And sometimes you can get a little discomfort with that, with the walls of the vagina. Okay? That can increase the risk of sexually transmitted infections. Um, you know, there are some transgender men who use that area to have sex, to use the vagina for sex. And some people don't. Um, But, you know, when we talk about increased risk for infections and things like that, that's really related to, you know, if you're using that area for um, vaginal sex, okay? So I know a little bit of hard to think about and perhaps not comfortable. Especially Uh, at
14: 13.
7: Especially at 13, I hear this. I know, we have to go over this now and you're like, why do you have to bring that up with anyone? (laughs) Um, It's not known whether this increases the risk of ovarian cancer, breast cancer, or uterine cancer. So pelvic exams and regular cervical screenings are strongly recommended unless there's been a removal of those organs, the ovaries, the uterus, and the cervix.
14: It is very difficult to have a 13-year-old in the driver's seat and um, playing such a big role in this decision. I think that we would both prefer to see Alex transition naturally to live his life as a man without medical intervention but um, and without the need for puberty blockers or cross hormones but we feel that you know we are not experiencing what he is experiencing so from my perspective I do feel that testosterone is the right course for Alex.
0: John's father remains opposed to testosterone, but John was hoping he might agree to a smaller step, a legal name change.
21: Dad had just come home from a business trip and I said to him, yeah, I'm hoping to get my name changed. I was hoping that you could sign and uh, he told me, you know, I'm, I'm just not ready. I'm not ready for that yet. I I did start getting angry, but I tried to tried to explain to him why I need this. He still said that he wasn't going to sign. Then I got really mad and um well, I I threw a cup at him cup of water, and I, I said to him that he's not my father. I didn't, I didn't mean that. I yeah,
0: know. So. I know. John's dad, Burt
20: Blanchard. It pains me that you have to go through that process. I'm not unempathetic about that. The bigger piece for me is, it's I don't know that I am going to be comfortable with this life in the way it's going for you, and it's just my folly concern. Everything else aside, I'm still at, I don't know that this is the right way. Because I'm based on this song, Love, and I'm just in love for the way I'm thinking, the way I'm feeling, I couldn't sign.
5: I said, you know, you say you love him, but it just doesn't feel like love. And if, it, if I were John, it wouldn't feel like love. So I'm just telling you what it looks like from the outside.
0: That's John's mom, Lisa.
5: So whether he can see it or agree with it, I, Sort of just laid it out that I'm going forward with giving John his name and trying to do everything we can to get that to get that um to happen with or without
20: mm-hmm. right.
5: his okay
20: I don't know what that holds i don't know I don't know what that means I don't know if we split I don't know if we sell i don't know I don't know what that means. I care though I mean I would love to keep us together, but i don't I don't know what that's gonna do I mean I think. People have to, Lisa's gonna have to make up her mind, G will have to make up her mind. If I choose this route, this very well could be it. While I hate that stance, I I just cannot get off this point. I can't, I can't.
21: I guess, uh... knowing that I'll I'll leave out maybe a year or so. It's kind of a, I hope the tensions don't last, you know, because it would be nice to leave out with less conflict. Have the family be a little bit more happy, a little more put together.
20: Life we live.
21: Okay, so we're gonna start. Let's start group now, and just a couple of guidelines highlight, low light, um, preferred name and pronoun, and we'll go this way. I'm Leah,
19: uh, female pronouns. Um, I'm going, I'm leaving tomorrow to go to Arizona for surgery. So, that's cool. Yay! Um, yeah, I've had, like, a really good, like, week and month. I graduated from high school. I was prom queen. Really? Yeah. What is, like, Oh, different. my God, that's yeah. wonderful. Um, my friend, AJ, who's gender nonconforming, was prom king, so, like... Oh, very cool. It was cool. Oh, very know cool. AJ. AJ Jonathan. Oh, my God, yeah. I know AJ. Yeah, um, so we were prom king queen, which is awesome. I graduated from high school, having surgery. It's pretty
0: good. Like, Leah Hodson, yeah. who yeah. just turned 18, is among the first wave of kids in the United States to medically transition with puberty blockers, hormones, and now surgery.
14: I'm about
19: to go in for surgery. It's a SRS bottom surgery, so I'll be getting a nice little vagina. (laughs) Um, SRS means sexual reassignment surgery or GRS, gender reassignment surgery. I think that's what they call it. They just kind of put it all inside and Invert. invert and sew it all up and I got new parts. I think as soon as I realized who I was, I was like, oh yeah, I'd I'd like to have the correct anatomy in my mind. I felt it would, I wanted it to match. I was never like a question of if I would, I just kind of felt like I would. And it was a matter of time. I don't think that surgery's gonna magically like change anything in my life. I mean, it'll just make me feel more comfortable with my body and myself. I don't want to focus on being trans forever. It's kind of just the little hassle I have to deal with. I'd rather just go to college and move on. So be as complete as I want to be and just start my next chapter of my life, I guess. I don't want to make it my life. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't really identify as being trans. I'm just a girl. I'm just myself and uh, I don't I don't really like making it a big deal I feel like a woman I don't feel trans I just feel like myself I feel comfortable and I feel like a woman
0: Isaac also fully transitioned with blockers, hormones, and top surgery. Now 19 and a sophomore in college, his perspective has been gradually shifting.
13: I mean, in a way, I very much fit the very you know typical trans narrative. I, I decided to transition, I legally changed my name. I you know, started taking testosterone, I got top surgery, uh, but I started realizing at around 16, 17, what a huge, huge decision i had made to to embrace this masculine part of myself so deeply going through an artificial puberty you know i I didn't really experience this sort of formative time and i i I kind of mourn that in a way because you know as much as we all know puberty is that sort of You know, gross, slimy molding of everybody into a person. And the way that I went through that was, uh, you know, meticulously tested and uh, controlled and dosed. And it's been good, but I wonder what that experience or what role that experience has in... uh, a person's conception of his or her gender. And I can never know that, for me. You know, none of this is to say that I made any sort of wrong decision or, or regret transitioning because it was really painful to be presenting as male and not be on testosterone and not have top surgery. And my mind was cleared of that sort of pain after that in a way that allowed me to come to this openness I guess uh, about my gender but um, I think you know it's become really clear in recent years that any sort of big problems that I thought I would fix by transitioning um, weren't really fixed I, I really don't like to use the term regret, although it's kind of hard to speak about how I feel about my gender without there being some element of of regret or at least of um, fear, I think, a little bit, of what the implications of the choices that I made are. I'm putting a chemical into my body once a week. I'm like, and, and they're very, very, very clear Effects of that and I'm assuming that there are also Unclear effects to that I mean it is super easy as a kid to hear you know these things are irreversible and be like, okay, I don't care You know just I want it Because time doesn't you know, you, don't, you know, you don't think of time in the same way when you've only experienced a tiny little sliver of it But I think I think in the, in the past few years, at least for me, I, I would at some point like to take a break at least from 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 testosterone because I, I, I don't like to imagine that, you know, the entirety of the time that I spend on this earth will be spent sort of separate uh, from what my body actually is. Like, I don't know, I don't really know what it means to be uh, like a man in this body or, or a man in, in the body that I was, I was born in because I've only really been a man in a constructed body, which I enjoy and it's comfortable, but also that's just like not really my body.
1: I do not want any of my boy puberty.
0: Leah, the nine-year-old we met at the beginning of the program on a boogie board.
1: I don't want, like, the big hairy legs or, like, the like the body they get, like, with all the muscles. I mean, I want to be a muscly lady, but not a muscly man that's like, ooh, strong man. Like, I want to be as close to a, girl, to a girl as I can.
0: Leah has not yet entered puberty, but Daniel has, and he will start blockers in the next few months. We don't have a lot of choices. His father, Micah.
3: It's a drug that they say is, you know, reversible, that, you know, they, they don't think will do a lot of harm. And so we're forced to pick the lesser of two evils in some ways, just because of what we don't know for one of them. But it's our son's happiness. And that's the bottom line. We want him to be happy. All
5: right, so let me show you your medicine. So it's testosterone, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so always gonna have it a reading your vial.
0: Back at the gender clinic, Alex's father, Rajpal, gives him his very first testosterone shot.
8: I wish we can fast forward to, you know, 100 years from now and then, you know, go get the data which is going to be available and being generated and there would be a better understanding about this, you know, gender dysphoria, but we, we don't have that information. So, you know, what we are trying to do is make the best decision possible with the Known facts. One,
5: two, three.
6: Okay, okay.
0: we did good. Okay, okay. Soon after meeting with the doctors at the clinic, Kyle's father agreed to let him start testosterone.
16: It was the happiest day of my life. Just seeing my dad finally accept me for who I am, it was the best day ever.
21: I I need testosterone to be comfortable with myself. And um my dad, he keeps saying, I'm I'm just not there yet.
0: John and his dad, Bert.
20: Can I see it down the road? You're asking me today, no. I, just being honest, you know. And so we'll need to you know, sort through that and, and talk about that as a family and what that means. But today, I don't see it. It's hard for me.
0: Not long after this interview, John was suspended from school for punching a classmate who had just started testosterone. Three weeks later, his father relented and sign the consent forms.
15: Right when she found out she was gonna get it, she sent me a text in like, this long, in like all capitals. Like, (laughs) save the date, I'm getting the (laughs) hormones. In like, all caps with, like, a million exclamation marks.
0: Ariel's friends, Selvie and Emma.
15: It was actually, it was, like, kind of exciting for us when she finally said that she was going to get them.
10: Well, I remember the first day, like, I got the hormones. Mm-hmm. So I, like, walked around my room and touched every article, like, every fibre of my carpet and every, like, piece of thing on my bookshelf, and I said, I'm, this, these are the last things I'm touching while I'm a child. And I was, like, walking around and, like, touching the entire thing and it was so funny enough and i like finished touching the last snow globe and i'm like now i'm a woman and I like, <laughs> and i was just so happy <laughs> i already feel like i've gone so far and i'm only 13 so Before I just wanted to be a girl, like just a girl, girl, girl. But now that I've gotten on my feet a little bit, I want to show people like I'm a trans girl. I mean, if you're sure of yourself, then why do you need to hide it? There's definitely times where I thought like, okay,
12: well, now that this town knows, maybe I could move so I could just start a whole new life and just be, the guy that I am, but some part of my mind um, sees that as kind of lying to myself.
0: Um, Again, Alex.
12: I mean, I'm never going to be a cisgender guy. I'm never going to have been born an actual male. I'm always going to have, like, that sense in me. And if you lie to yourself, then you're kind of lying to the world, and it puts a lot of weight on your shoulders, a lot of pressure for you, and I think that if I can just clear that pressure off, I'm Alex, the Transgender Guy.
0: Dr. Robert Garifalo of Lurie Children's Hospital in Chicago.
18: These are not families that are living in the shadows anymore. You know, the world is changing. I mean, this is a movement that is happening. It's not going to not happen. It's going to happen but stakes are super high. And we don't have all the answers. There hasn't been a lot of research in this area. Hopefully there's gonna be more research. Um, And some of those unanswered questions hopefully will begin to be answered. And then we can give families like legitimate options in terms of what we're doing now, which is really, I think, approaching families with a lot of unknowns.
6: We are all kind of navigating this new world.
0: Dr. Courtney Finlayson.
6: I hope that what we will have done is to give them a chance to have what what for many of us is natural for us, to appear and live as the the gender in which we identify. I also hope that these individuals will be able to give us feedback, um, both, both just to tell us and that they will be involved in studies that we can learn what things we did right and what things we didn't, and that it will be even better for the next generation. I really hope that what we're doing is the right thing.
0: Let us know what you think of this podcast on Facebook and Twitter by using the hashtag growinguptrans or email us at frontline at pbs.org.